Hello Church, how are you doing tonight? Doing good? <laughs> it's always good to be back in the house of God and I want to say a special thanks to our amazing creative team in our church, you know. Uh, when I travel over, over usually like the summer season, we have some guest speakers and they bring in the best messages with some slides. When I'm back, I keep my team very busy with all the props on the stage and everything you saw. Four people came on the stage for all the props and let's give those people a big shot of applause because they're heroes. <laughs> they're really heroes. And I'm so happy about that amazing team. Often people ask me, do you come up with uh, yourself with those ideas? No, it's always a team. We meet every Tuesday morning and we think about the message, how we can we deliver the message in a way that you never will forget the, the, the points and the Bible verse and the meanings of everything. That's why thank you so much to the team. If you have a smartphone, that means you cannot come to the church without a smartphone because in the smartphone is the Bible, right? Right? Uh, now you need the Bible and of course I want to ask you some questions uh, and while you're taking out the smartphone uh, the title is The Secret of Closeness and it's about the tabernacle. And I want to start with four different easy questions and please be honest as possible. Uh, the first question is do you feel like something is separating you from God? No? Yes? Sometimes. Are you ready? Now you feel sometimes really separated from God. Yes, no, sometimes. 100% sometimes. No, no, it's just only, come on. Who feels no, good? 80% says sometimes I feel separated from God. Wow, thank you so much, okay. Question number two. Do you feel like you should forgive someone? Yes, I'm not sure, no. What do you think? What do you think? Wow, yes, I'm not sure, no. Seven people, but no result, right? <laughs> There's nothing there. Wow, no problem. Then I want to ask you the second, third question. Do you feel God's presence, yes, no, or sometimes? Yes, sometimes, no, I'm not sure. Wow, amazing, 50-50. I love those uh, studies. Shows me where the church is at. Now comes the question number four. Are you ready? When you feel God's presence the most, when you're reading the Bible, when I pray, when you worship, uh, during preaching, yes, of course, 100%. Come on. Uh, fellowship or it varies. It was amazing in um, this morning, more than 50% said, during worship and I think I should start leading the worship again because I started as a worship leader and I changed to a preacher but it means during worship you experience God the most that's a good thing actually thank you so much for being uh, as honest as you can thank you so much now, I want to speak about how can, can you have a very close relationship with God. And you know, um, the tabernacle actually in the Bible was a tent where the people of God could meet God in a very, very practical, visual way actually. And I will speak about the altar. And this was a big, big element actually in the tabernacle. And you have to understand when I gather my small group, and for example, I will say, let's meet by the train station in Zurich. Where do you meet at the train station in Zurich? Where? There is a meeting point, right? With a 
big local. Have you ever seen that? Usually when you meet there, you're not alone. There may be 1,000 people are meeting. That's the problem. But there's a meeting point where you can connect with each other. And the same thing is like in the Old Testament, the altar was actually a meeting point where human being and God is meeting in a very, very close relationship. And that altar was actually three parts. They put usually like a sheep on the top and it was around with wood and it was covered with um, some ore. You will, you will hear a little bit later why ore. Three things, an animal, wood, and the ore. And this is a symbol for the life of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was on the cross, that means he was the last, he was like a sheep slathered for the very last time. He hung on the wood, right? And the feet, it's like ore. Why ore? When John, uh, in the book of Revelation, had the revelation about God, he felt the presence of God and he fell down and he felt, I will die. And when he was on the ground, he could see God's feet and the feet of God were out of ore. Why ore? Ore is always a symbol for the righteousness and holiness of God. That means without the ore, the wood will burn away, Right? But the ore stands forever and ever and ever. That means one day the cross will be over, but the righteousness and the presence of God, the ore, will stand forever and ever and ever and ever. And this is actually the meaning of the altar. How cool is that? Now, when you think about uh, the, the, the altar, about sacrifice, sacrifice something, I always think it's attached with a price. Of course, to sacrifice an animal, it's a big thing. But I, I came up with three things when I think about sacrifice. For example, sacrifice oneself for the kids. Sometimes people say, I do everything for my kids. Have you ever heard people like that? That's not the problem because your kids are so thankful. They take nothing for granted. They say everything, they thank you, Dad, thank you, Dad, thank you, Dad. You dreamer. The second thing I thought about, sometimes people, they're living like in a, in a, in a vege, they eat the leftover for the flatmate. That's maybe the reason why you're getting bigger and bigger from day to day. That could be like, I sacrifice myself for the cause of the rest. Or the third thing, for example, work out at the gym for the spas. It's not idea. You hate sport, but you say, I sacrifice for my husband, you know? You know people like that? This is when I came up with the word sacrifice. But actually, when you Google the word sacrifice offering in the Old Testament, it's the word korban. And the word korban, and you have to understand, in the Hebrew language of you sacrifice something on the altar, is always a price attached, but there is a deeper, broader meaning. Please write it down. It means closeness, approximation, to approach something, being very, very close. That means people came to the altar and said, there is something between me and God, but I want to have the closest relationship as possible with God Almighty. And for those you reading the Bible, you figure out in the Old Testament, there are different styles of offering. And I wrote it down for you guys. Maybe you can make a picture or take a picture. There's a burn offering. That means I complete giving up my old life. That's actually a good thing. Forget the old life. That's everything not good. I want to have the new life in Christ. 
There's also the food offering. You leave everything to God and let him take care of every single detail in my life. Fellowship offering, you come joyful, expecting the fullness of life from God. The sin offering means asking God for forgiveness for the unconscious sin. That's cool, because sometimes we do things, we have no clue, and it stands be, be, besides, be, be, between me and God. There is also the guilt offering, means asking God for transgression at the sanctuary, and the wave offering, that's my favorite one. They wave things like flags, and the priests were saying, I dedicate your thoughts, every single part of your life, to God Almighty. There were different styles of offering and giving to God. And for me, it's very important you have to understand the altar has an amazing, deep meaning actually for you and me. That's why I have two points. I come to God as I am. That's very important. I come to God as I am, but I don't have to be the way I am. The altar will change everything in me and outside. I come to God as I am. Romans chapter 8 verse 1, and this is a big, big revelation actually. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I hear the strongest amen? amen? You know why I'm saying that? Because often people, they don't understand. Jesus was the last offer. There's no offering anymore. He was the last lamb of God. That means the moment I'm entering to, to the doors to Christ and say yes to Christ, that means I belong to the kingdom of God. My name is written in the book of life. I am sealed with the Holy Spirit. I will dwell in the house of God forever, forever and ever. Nothing on planet earth can separate me anymore. That means when I come in my prayer time to the altar, I remind myself I come as I am but there is nothing between me and God anymore nothing really nothing I mean nothing 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 you know why I'm well you know why I know that because the Jewish people there's a lot of they have a lot of tradition actually and once a year they have when they have a big uh, festival sometimes they take out a piece of paper and mom and dad will say guys Let's write down all our mistakes and all the failures, front and back. Just fill it out. And they write it down. I was not happy, nice with my teacher, with my mom, with my dad, with myself. They write everything down. Then the father takes that piece of paper and they say, kids, check this out. This is the way how God is. He takes all our failures and sins. And he puts this leaf into a water and says, just wait a moment. And after a while, mom and dad will say, where is the paper? Where are the sins and failure? Failures. It's gone forever. This is the way how God thinks about you and me. If you think right now, I made many mistakes, I cannot see it anymore. You understand? This is such a very simple illustration. And please listen to me. When they sacrificed, for example, a lamb on the altar, you know what happened? It burned down everything. I mean, everything. You know what, what remained? Only the ashes remained. The priest took the ashes, walked out of the tent and 
into the desert, he came back and said, it's empty. How cool is that? It means whatever you have done in your life, whatever you will do in your life, it's gone. The devil is not stupid. Often it takes the ashes and says, no, 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 that's too easy. No, 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 no. You cannot cheat, you cannot do this and this, and boom, it's gone. Yes, this is the way how God thinks because we are God's children, sons and daughters of the most high God in heaven. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, the Bible says, For I am convinced, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the presence nor the future, nor any powers, neither heights or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing on planet earth can separate me. I know, no, 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 people say, oh, 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 are you preach about cheap grace? <laughs> Have you ever heard about the cheap grace? Say, hey, you preach about nothing can separate in you anymore. That means people receiving Christ, they say yes, then they walk out of a church and they do whatever they want because nothing can separate them anymore. Have you ever heard people like that? They don't understand the kingdom of God, not a little bit, because that will be the same question if you buy a street, if you buy a street bicycle and you're going with the street bicycle to the Swiss mountains over rock and hills and waters over uh, cow uh, dumps and you will say, can I do this? Yes, do it if you are happy. But it's not, it's not supposed to do that that way. Can I buy a Ferrari and drive the whole day backwards? Yes, do it if you want, but that doesn't make sense, you know. That means if you receive Christ and then you do whatever you like, it doesn't make sense at all. That means the day you receive Christ, there is a longing in your soul. There's a longing in the spirit. There's a longing in the whole body. I don't want to have a little bit from the kingdom of God. I want to have the full kingdom of God is in me. You understand? Everything. I don't wake up in the morning and say, God, I want to do everything what you hate. Doesn't make sense. The Spirit of God in us is convincing us all the time that the kingdom of God is bigger, is better, is brighter than everything else what the world has to offer. That means when you are born again, there is a longing in you to want to have the closest relationship with God as possible. And here is the thing. In my prayer life, I'm using of this altar as a symbol. And I will say, God, here I am. But there are things in me. They're not okay. Please burn it away. Burn it away. Burn it away. Burn it away. Take it away from me that the whole presence of God can dwell as po much possible in me as possible. That's the whole idea. Point number two. I come to God, I come to God, where's the, uh, get out here, and I know who I am, Hebrew chapter 4, verse 16, so let us come boldly for the throne of our gracious God, there will receive his mercy, and he will find grace to help us when we need it most, with other words, this means, when I stand in the presence of God, you have to understand, if I am forgiven, Nothing separates me from God anymore. Where is God? 
Where is the kingdom of God? Should I wait for the kingdom of God or is not the kingdom of God already in me? You don't wait for heaven anymore. Heaven is already in you. That means signs and miracles, provision, everything. You don't wait. It's already in me. That means I position myself and I say, I am a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. And the heaven dwells in me. Nothing on planet earth can stop me. Because in the altar, and I want to show you, there is one small detail. It's very easy to miss it. But here is actually the message. When you see the, the altar, actually, it's the largest element in the tabernacle. And here are four horns on every edge. Horn number one, two, three, and four. Why four horns? Those four horns, they had actually a message. When they sacrificed animals, they, they, they um, kept that animals on that um, horn. The second thing, if you killed a person by accident or just happened, you ran into the tabernacle and you hold on the horn and said, I need forgiveness, I need a judge, I need grace. And the third reason was, people believed that in all the four directions, it's the kingdom of God. People came in to hold the horn with blood and there was a declaration in those four horns and I want to explain this to you four declarations about the four horns are you ready the first declaration was actually the first horn was built on the direction of the entrance and they said we are God's people they hold on the horn with a statement, we are God's people. You see, what's the point? If I'm a Swiss guy or not, well, it doesn't matter. But if you belong to the people of God, that's a message. You know, in the kingdom of God, there are different Christians, right? Have you ever met certain Christians? You say, yeah, they are Christians, but I don't have anything to do with them. For example, sometimes you hear street, uh, preachers on the street turn or burn. Have you ever met people like that? You say, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. Or have you ever met people, Christian people, they behave like Jesus? Selfie Jesus? Selfie Jesus? Or you say, oh, there are certain churches in the kingdom of God. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not, I, 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 God, you love them, but I don't belong to them. That means you often rethink, I'm something, I'm something else, I, I'm different. No, you need the grace of God like everyone else. But the message, it's not that we are different. The message is, listen to me. Sometimes in life, life is not so predictable. Sometimes even as a Christian, things happen and you don't understand why. For example, people passing away, we prayed, we fasted, we believed, and people say, how in the flipping world? Can that happen? Because we believe in God, we prayed, we have faith, and why things happened? Or you're losing a job, or you're not getting any baby, and you're going to a season where you don't understand God. That's the moment when you hold and grab the horn and say, I belong to the family of God. That means God is my king. 
You have to understand when you read the whole Bible, the last page, the last page, the last page in the Bible is clear that God wins, that God has the last word. Love wins, that means certain chapters in your book, they're not good, they're not good, they're not praise the Lord, but the last chapter, the Bible says, you are belonging to a winning team, and that team means I belong to the winning team of God, and God has the last word, and the last word be good. You understand, for all those people, you're going to rough seasons. Don't forget the last page. God has the last word. He has the last word. Hold it on and believe it. Certain chapters are ugly. I don't get it. I don't understand. But the last chapter means God has the last word and I belong to the team of God. The devil is not stronger than God. Forget it. No sickness and no death, nothing can separate me from the last chapter, from the last word of God. This was a statement. This was a declaration. Nothing can separate me from the knowledge that God has the last word. Certain people hold that horn because that horn was on the direction to the table of bread. That means God provides God provides every single detail in my life. You know, you, you get a, a piece of paper when you came in. Maybe the paper is um, on your seat or maybe on your seat. Can you take out this paper? You know, I want to I wanna show you something. The Bible says, for example, when we are worried, when we have some questions, the Bible doesn't say, bring your worry, anxieties to God. Bringing means, okay, I bring all my worries to God and I hand it over to God and then I turn back. Say, God, okay, God, you are in charge. And if nothing happened after three weeks, I go back and say, okay, God, I knew it. I do it by myself. Have you ever had those moments like that? The Bible doesn't say, doesn't say bring your worries to God. The Bible says, Cast, throw, throw all the worries to God. That means you cannot go back and grab them again. Can you stand for a moment and please take your piece of paper? Maybe you worry about a certain area. I don't know which area. But just cast, cast your worries to Christ. Not, not to me. But just, can you do it? In one, two, three. Throw it away, cast away, kick it away. That means it's gone. You cannot go back anymore. This is the idea. Come on, church, this is an idea. <laughs> That's the idea. Please take a seat. That's the idea. It's very simple. Cast it. That means hold so long until you see God provides. The third horn was on the direction of the laws of God. That means the Ten Commandments. That means God's word is my foundation. It's not what the world thinks. Often, I'm so shocked about people, the, the young generation, they think how God thinks. They say, uh, God thinks wrong. And there's certain Bible verses, they're wrong. We should rewrite the Bible because God cannot think the way he, he thinks. He should think different. I say, really? But God was here always. And maybe you are since 18 years and you are not God. That means my foundation is the word of God. And the third horn, fourth horn was the direction to the light. That means the Holy Spirit. That means he 
is actually my best partner. He's always with me and I am so excited about the Holy Spirit. Life without the Holy Spirit is so dry because the Holy Spirit, you never know what comes next, what He speaks to you and it does amazing miracles in your life. You know, my wife, uh, some uh, month ago, she started with um, a bucket list because we had a meeting, a gathering with some pastors and I asked them, do you, have you ever came up, up with a bucket list as, as, as a family? And then my wife, she said, oh yeah, there are a lot of things I would love to do it. And here is a clip from my wife. Yeah, a couple years ago, Leo and I went for a walk downtown and I was so inspired about this atmosphere there because they built from an old trailway, they built a, a high, no, a pathway we could walk and it was so inspiring. So I felt the wish inside of me that one day I would like to live in the city and I dared to put that wish on a bucket list yeah you say what's the point she wrote it down on a bucket list and whenever your wife or your husband or whatever does a bucket list never laugh I start to laugh <laughs> sorry you you bought an apartment two years ago and I will not move to the city when I'm 80 years old over a keep up uh, uh, takeout I, I will not, when I'm, when I'm 80 years old, I, I will go to Mallorca where I, I, will not, I don't want to live in the city. And, I, and here's the thing she said to me, that's not your business. There is always a Holy Spirit. He knows my deepest longings. That means you have some longings. You have some desires. The Bible says, if we seek the kingdom of God, God will add everything unto us. God is adding certain things. And that horn horn means, I believe that the Holy Spirit is my best friend. He knows my dreams, my ambitions. He knows my pocket list. But God has always a funny timing. Always a funny timing. When my wife wrote it down, she said to me, I want to live in the city. I start to laugh. That's not good. I should say, yes, hallelujah, but I left. You know, to make a long story very long, to make a long story short, actually, um, it's always strange when pastor says, make a long story short and gets longer. Actually, we had to move in, uh, we should supposed to move in in a certain month and the, the, we bought that apartment and one week before we could move in, we got a letter, your apartment is not finished. But we sold the house already and the moving date was set and we had no apartment. And in so many newspapers in the city was written about our apartment. And here was like in the Zürich Unterländler, uh, it says, um, I want to read it in English actually, says actually here, um, instead of moving into their own four walls, apartments, owners move into the hotel. Owners can only look at their apartment from below. This was in all the newspapers. I was in the newspaper all over. And one week before we could move in, the owner said, sorry, we're so sorry. Um, we want to rent an apartment for you guys. And we found an apartment downtown of Zurich. Downtown of Zurich. They paid everything for 10 weeks. No, no taxes. 
we lived for free for two months and we were in one apartment with a rooftop. And here's the picture. I could walk around the apartment. Actually, I could see the sun from all the directions. And we were downtown of Zurich and all of a sudden God was saying, Pastor Susanna, boom, here is your pocket list. And she could live downtown of Zurich for some weeks and she said, done. And then we moved into a hotel and on my pocket list was, I would love to live for one year in a hotel. And after seven weeks of being in a hotel, I said to God, seven weeks, okay, done. I just want to say to you right now, God, God's ways are sometimes, I don't get it, I don't understand. But in the end of the day, God knows what He's doing. That meant for me, I had to hold on that horn to saying heaven is not somewhere. The kingdom of God is not somewhere. The kingdom of God is dwelling in me because nothing separates me from the love of God, separates me from the provision, separates me that God guides, that I belong to the family of God. And the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding me. You have to understand the tabernacle was a house where symbols where God, where the people of God, you could see it, you could touch it, you could smell it in all the directions. And I want to say to you right now, if you said yes to Christ, nothing separates you anymore from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But there are moments when you have to position yourself as a statement when the world and the devil or situation is not going that direction you're looking and you're longing for, you hold on those horns with the blood and you believe it. You believe it. You believe it. You hold it for so long until your soul knows I belong to the family of God. Nothing on planet earth can hinder me to experience the blessing, the provision, the goodness, the signs and miracles in my own journey. How cool is that? And I love the tabernacle because it's so practical. In closing, I want to read you a Bible verse in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of the God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is the true and proper worship. Do not confront to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. That means when I'm going to the altar and I hold on those horns, it's actually a statement, change me, renew me, renew me. God, that I understand that heaven is already in me. In closing, can we close our eyes and I would love to pray with you, church. We are here and everyone has a different background. Everyone has a different story. But first, first before I pray with the whole church, maybe you're here, you're not sure if you belong to God. You're not sure that I am forgiven and something in you you're really not sure if I will die today I will be together with God forever 
you have to be sure about that question. When I was 18 years old, I received Jesus Christ in a very simple prayer. And from that moment on, I knew in my spirit, I am born again. I belong to the family of God. My name is written in the book of life. And if you're here, you're not sure if you belong to God. You're not sure if I'm forgiven. You're not sure if I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit. I would love to invite you into a prayer that you know, that you know, that you know, that you know. I am a son and a daughter of God. It can be that along your journey, you, you drifted or you lost the connection, whatever the reason is. When all the eyes are closed, I want to ask you, in a minute, I will count on three. I want to make it as simple as possible that you just lift your hands as a sign to God. God, here I am. Forgive me. I receive you, Christ, as my Lord and Savior. May you say, Pastor Leo, please in include me in that prayer. Please pray for me. I want to be sure that I belong to God. When all the eyes are closed, when I count on three, if this is you, you're not sure. I want to give you right now the opportunity to get right with God, maybe for the very first time or again. Then please shoot your hands as high as possible as a sign to God. That's me, Pastor You Include me in your prayer. In one, two, three. Lift your hands as high as possible. Thank you. Somebody else here? Thank you. Somebody else here? Thank you so much. Somebody else here? Some hands here on this side. Thank you. Anyone else here? Thank you so much for all those people that lifted their hands. Thank you. Please take your hands down. It's a very, very important moment for those people. Let's, let's pray as a whole church. I will pray one sentence very loud. Then I give you the opportunity wherever you sit just to repeat that sentence as a statement. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for my unique life. Please forgive me all my sins and failures. I receive your forgiveness. I make you as my Lord and Savior. Please lead me and guide me. Bless me and protect me. I want to be yours forever. And the Bible says when you pray this prayer, you are forgiven. Your name is written in the book of life. You do belong to the family of God. I want to say welcome home, church. Let's give those people a big shout of applause. It's always a statement to be in the house of God where people make the decision. Come on. And now please be quiet again because I want, I want, to, I want to go to the altar together. Just mention in your inner spirit the altar. You're standing in front of the altar. Christ died on my behalf on a wood cross his feet are of or his holy Jesus I'm so thankful that you have forgiven me I didn't deserve it but you died on my behalf that's amazing grace nothing is between you and me God thank you for the fact that the kingdom of God dwells in me 
thank you for the fact that heaven has already started in me. Thank you the fact that I belong to the family of God where you, God, you will have the last word. Death has no power, no war, no sickness will have the last word. I belong to the family of God forever. Thank you, Father God. You provide every single needs. You are a good, good shepherd. You lead me, you guide me, and I will dwell even in the front of my enemies. You prepare a table, you oil me, you anointed me. Thank you so much that the Word of God is leading and guiding me. My foundation, my core values. Thanks for the Holy Spirit. Who is my best partner? Who teaches me? Who is in me? Who keeps me alive, fresh and young? Can you stand like in your spirit for a moment in front of that altar? You can use this illustration as a prayer pattern. I stand in front of the altar. His name is Christ. tabernacle is actually a prayer pattern it's very visual and I think it can help you when you pray in the morning you say the altar is Christ you open a new door a new realm for me and today I know that the presence of God is with me and I know that signs and miracle will follow me and I know God has good plans and good ideas for me. And I will dwell in the house of God forever. Forever and ever.